how those songs just are songs that stir up hope. If you didn't have hope when you came in, but see, you did have hope because Jesus is hope and he lives on the inside of you. But if you didn't consciously have yourself aware, have that awareness of the hope that you have in Jesus, did that or did that not stir up and give you awareness and remembrance just how good God is? Sometimes down through time, down through our life, down through situations and circumstances, we as human beings, we say these cliche things. We say, I've just lost hope. But you've never lost something or someone that's Jesus on the inside of you and he will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He said he would go with you even to the ends of the earth. So we're getting back to basics today. You know, we're going back to school and, you know, we had to get school supplies and and then those of us that have children that are in college, you know, we had to deal with those things and and then empty nest syndrome and all that when they go away and we miss them and we have to deal with our own emotions and not let them see that side of us. But we have the hope not only that they're going to succeed, but that they'll be safe, that they'll enjoy themselves, they'll learn a lot of different things that they are going to need throughout life. And we have that hope for them because of the love we have for them. But all the more that we give our children that our Father gives to us. So he has that hope. And he's given us hope. And when we are not aware of it, and we don't accept it and receive it, I'm sure that, you know, like whenever you get your child a gift, and you get something, you're so excited to give it to them. And you're just so sure it's what they wanted. And you're so sure that they're going to love it. And they're going to just be like, oh, thank you, Mom. Thank you, Dad. Oh, my gosh, you knew exactly what I wanted. And you, you just get all excited because you, you're just anticipating. And you can just see and hear their excitement and their gratitude. And then you're going to be just busting at the seams because you've made your child that you love so much happy by what you've given them. I believe that God the Father busts at the seams when he is waiting for us to grab a hold of the hope and the joy and the peace and the gifts that he's given us, the blessings that he gives us, just because he loves us. Not because he has to, but because he loves us. And if we could just grab a hold of that, and it's not just one hour a day, it's not just for tomorrow, it's not just for Thursday, it's for every moment of every day of your life. And then, of course, you know, you've got that internal life now, here on earth, occupying earth and glorifying God and, and enjoying abundant life. But then you've got that promise of the glory and the wonder of eternity with Him. So that's not anything that's in my notes. <laughs> but that is the introduction to getting back to the basics. When we get back to the basics, it's kind of like, okay, square one. Erase the, the chalkboard. A do-over. Let's try this again. I know I've had a lot of those, especially when it came to math problems. I've never been a math student. Still not. I mean, you know, I, I'm so thankful for digital technology that we don't have to balance our checkbooks. Who still balances their checkbook? Manual. Oh, bless you. Maybe y'all can teach me. But anyway, I'm so thankful of digital technology today. Um, but, you know, whenever we say it's time to get back to basics, it's, it's not just getting by. It's not just surviving. It's not just, oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And I just hope I can get along and I can get through this thing. If it be God's will. I hear that so much. I mean, from people who really and truly love God. 
And truly, they know Jesus. They're saved, sanctified, filled with Holy Spirit, just like you and I. But yet they have this, this negativity that I just, I sometimes just want to shake them. I just want to give them a good shake and, and say, I love you. I'm sorry I laid hands on you suddenly. But I couldn't help myself. When you talk like that, when you act like that, when you have that kind of thinking, whenever you're just walking around saying, oh, I'm just doing everything I can do just to survive. I'm sorry, but Jesus came that we have, would have life and have it more abundant. That means better than ever. And whenever we're all together, guess what? It's even better then. We're better together. Because we, we just kind of uh, jump off of one another. You know, I get joy and then, and then Sister Alice, she gets some joy. And, and my sissy right here, Angie, she gets some joy. And it's contagious. And that's why I feel it's so important for us to come together. That's why, that's why Jesus said it and Paul wrote about it. How it's so important for us to come together and encourage one another. Lift each other up. And get together because you know what? Whenever they, because you know, just like with the pandemic, they say, well, wear a mask. And the more people wear a mask, the less it spread. Okay. So that means when people get around each other, whatever's in them and on the inside of them, come on now, is going to be contagious. It means that other people are going to catch it. Other people are going to see it. Now, now sometimes, they, you know, you might have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you and you're born again blood-bought, but it may not be evident at that moment, but when they get around you, and you know what, if, 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 if it's not ever evident, shame on you. Come on, we can do better than that, right? We can do better than that. But whenever someone gets around you and you have that zeal, you, it's contagious. When you have that love for God and, and getting back to the basics of saying, you know what, I have hope and I have hope in Jesus. He is my hope. And you begin to tell them about different things and testify and tell them your story. My goodness, how many lives we could touch at that time when we just begin to share Jesus. And you know, it's, it's hard sometimes, you know. There's, there's people that, that say that they're just coping and getting by and, and, and they're just trying to survive and, and they fall into a deep depression. I've been there. Anxiety. I've been there. You know, you know as, as well as I do, we're transparent here. We're family. I know what that is, you know. When my husband committed suicide in 2007 and in other issues that came about because of the reason he committed suicide and then I had to deal with, I lost my hope. I couldn't see anything else. And I tell you, I did not plan on talking about this, but this is Holy Spirit that wants me to share this. I did not want to hear anything that God said. I didn't want to hear anything about him for about eight months. Went by, I stopped preaching because there was some crazy, crazy things that was going on when I was leading women's prayer meeting at church that should not have been. So I get to a place that I just not only lost hope, but I didn't even know what hope was. And I truly believe until I embraced the message, the true message of grace, not greasy grace, but the grace and mercy of Jesus who saved my soul. And not only did he do that, and I'm not to serve him just because I don't want to go to hell, but because I want a better life and I want to serve him because I love him and because I'm appreciative of what he did in that finished work on the cross of Calvary. It's through and by Him I have hope. It's through and by Him I have life. That I have new life. And I believe that's what Jesus was saying to Nicodemus. Whenever He said, you must be born again, you've got to take all that old thinking off. You've got to take off all of the emotions. 
your, your, your mindsets, all of your anxieties, all of your thought processes, you've got to take it off. You've got to get rid of it because it's going to do nothing else but send you into a downward spiral, a quick downward spiral into depression and anxiety and all the things that are not of God because he did not put that on you. He does not own it. He did not create it. And he will not stand by and let his child have to live in that and deal with that because he sent Jesus. He is our hope. So what is hope? You know, I want to be alive and thrive. How about you? I want to be alive and thrive, and I want to know what hope is because you know what? There's been times I've had people, whenever I've been counseling with them, I've had them ask me, well, Pastor Jan, what is hope? Not only do they feel like they lost it, but they don't even know what it was in the first place. Hope. Hope in the New Testament is the word, the Greek word, elpis. Elpis means expectation, trust, and confidence. It comes from the root word, elpo. Sounds like dog food, doesn't it? Alpo. No, but it's elpo. It's elpo, and it means to anticipate something with pleasure and to welcome it. So if we put all that together, we can make a statement like this. That Elpis, it is the expectation of what has already been. Now notice, because it says, what is promised and guaranteed? Well, you know, that ED on the end of those words means it's already happened. It's in the past. Okay. As long as we have that great expectation of what is guaranteed or promised, as long as there's grace, there is always hope. And I'm here to tell you that grace is a person too. Grace is Jesus. He gives grace. He is grace. He, he just, he, his whole being permeates grace. So grace will never fail. Love will never fail. So that means hope is right there in with those boys working together. Hallelujah. We got to be aware of that living hope. And receive it and share it. Because, you know, there's a lot of times we don't, we don't understand that biblical meaning of hope. Um, we can say or express feelings, say we've lost hope or we don't understand hope. We don't know what hope is. But the distinctive biblical meaning of hope is having that confident expectation and desire for something good. Okay, it could be for right now, and it could be in the future, or I may have applied for a job or taken a test, and I, I have the hope and a great expectation of wanting to have passed that test, even though that test was in the past. You know, whether it be in school, whether it be for our job, whether it be anything. So biblical hope is not only desires and and welcoming something good or something's favorable or something successful, it confidently expects this to happen. Well, that sounds a whole lot like what Pastor Frank was talking about when it comes to faith. You know, you you got to look out in front of you, and you got to look all around you, and you got to get your mindset on Jesus, not on the circumstance, not on the atmosphere, not even on your own thinking that might be stinking, thinking, and you get to a place to where you say, okay, God, you're my anchor. Hope, be my anchor. You know, living hope was also anchored in the past. Because you know how they say, well, you know, you're not supposed to live in the past. But you know, it's important for us to see that Jesus, he died and he rose from the dead and that's from the past. But that is our basis of the living hope in Jesus. His finished work. 
Hebrews 6 and 19 says, This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, in which enters the presence behind the veil. Well, that means, hey, I can go behind that veil. I don't have to have a rope tied to my ankle to jerk me out of there if I'm not living this or that or if I'm not this or that. I don't have to approach God's throne shaking and trembling and unsure of my salvation. I can approach His throne boldly and approach Him just like you do your father. Now, there's times, you know, you might approach a parent and you're kind of afraid what you're going to tell them, they're not going to like it. They're not going to be pleased with you. But you know you got to tell them because, well, what if you've already been caught up in it? And then you've got to face them. But see, with God, aren't you glad He knows you all the way to your back collarbone? He knows everything about you. He knows everything that you think, feel, sense, things that you say, things that you do, and He still loves you in spite of it all. Hallelujah. So hope we gain from the future. We base a lot of our hope on what Jesus has done and what the Scriptures say. But then hope is also now because, you know, you got that old life that's behind you and, and you can either... Do a, you know, like those GPS say, please make a legal U turn when you can. What is a legal U turn? You know, uh, most of the time when I need to make a U turn, there's no sign saying I can make a t- re- So, I mean, you know, either you're trying to make this illegal U turn to go back into your past or You're moving toward the future. You're moving forward. You're moving forward into something that you hope for. A better life. A better job. A peace. Joy. Having your joy restored. There's a lot of people that's lost their joy. Not only have they lost hope, but my goodness, their joy went with it. And then peace just trickled right after joy. Because when you begin to lose the fruit of the Spirit and bearing that fruit, when you lose focus on that, and it's just like dominoes. You know, you just flip one, and there they go. There they go. Round and round where they stop, well, at the end. So, whenever we look at hope, don't, don't let your spirit life become a domino effect of no peace, Okay, well, no joy. Okay, well, no hope. Well, guess what? No life. No abundant life anyway. I, 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 know, I know it's a pastor's trait. But I believe it should become a son and daughter trait. I get so burdened for those who just give up. They just, I don't need God anymore. Or I don't even know what I believe anymore. Well, I think it's about time that you get down on your knees and ask God to manifest himself in your spirit in such a way to where you don't have to doubt. You don't have to be concerned. You don't have to question. Because I tell you what, I've been there too. You know, we've all got a story. It's part of the journey. Yes. Yes, Sister Alice. Amen. And then, not only is hope now, but it's always. Hope endures through the now and the future. Jesus promises eternal resurrection life beginning now. You don't have to wait. There's so many people saying, oh, you know, I'm just trying to get by. And, you know, I'm just waiting on him to take me home. What kind of life is that? Uh, It's disappointing. I've even heard my dad say that before. I'm like, come on now. We're better than that. We've got the joy and peace and hope of Jesus. Not only eternal life, but the life right now. Right now. 1 Peter 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again. What Adam took away, Jesus took it back. 
and gave it to us. When you begot something, means I be gotten something. I got this. I was given this. Father God birthed it through Jesus. A living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So that means that our present and our future is beautiful because we have Jesus in it. He makes everything beautiful because he is beautiful. I can be down in the dumps, lonely, questioning a whole lot of stuff because you know what? It's okay to ask God questions. Don't don't ever feel that you can't go to God and ask him questions about things and and seek his wisdom. He wants you to. James chapter 1 says any man ask it of God for wisdom, he will bestow it on you. It's kind of like begotten, but it's already there. He is wisdom, so he don't have to begot it. He don't have to build it. He don't have to birth it. He already is wisdom, so he gives it to you. He gives it to you, and he pours it out on you liberally. You know how when you get lotion from Bath and Body Works? I love Bath and Body Works. Anyway, you know when you get lotion from Bath and Body Works, and it says, apply liberally. Well, I take that very seriously, <laughs> especially my body spray. <laughs> I'm like, mm. I mean, I don't know of one inch of me that's not Bath and Body Worked sprayed. I'm talking liberally. He said he would bestow it upon us liberally when we seek it from him and we ask for it. He would give it to us. That's a promise. That's one of God's promises. Oh, guess what? Promises and guarantees, it's something called hope. We have that hope that when we ask the Father, Matthew 7 and 7 says, Ask, ask, seek, and you will find. Ask, and it will be given. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. We have that hope. We have that great expectation. We expect. So see, you know, we think, oh yeah. When we're in, this is the problem I, I feel that happens a lot of times. <clears throat> Just like this next slide. Let's go ahead and take a look at this next slide. The problem is we get to a place to where everything is, like I said earlier, cliche. Well, I hope I got that check in the mail. I really would like to know if I got the check in the mail. I mean, I'm, I'm not even going to go look at my app from United States Postal Service to see if they delivered it, because I've got one. <laughs> Praise God. I, I'm not even going to even look at that. I just hope it's there. And I don't, even, even though I need it, even though I'm expecting it, I don't even go to the mailbox and turn the key to look inside to find out if it's even there. I just stand back and say, well, I hope. Well, I hope it's there. I hope they mailed it. I hope it's been delivered already. Well, that's just like the gifts and callings of God. All the things and promises and gifts of God. You have hope. I think we have created a word meaning for the word hope that's nothing like what its intent was in the beginning. Great expectation. You know, I've been hearing a lot of teenagers. They're saying, I wasn't good enough to make a team. Or I'm just not good, as good as he or she is. Always cutting themselves down. Always putting themselves down. I don't know if they're hearing other people do it and then they begin to adopt that behavior and that thinking and that thought process themselves or they're just not sure of themselves, but, but they think that they're not as good as somebody else. Or they're not good enough, period. I hear adults do that. I hear adults say it a lot. A lot. And then they say, you know, I, whenever they're in a relationship and it doesn't work out, whether they're married or they were dating or, or whatever the case may be, they say, well, I, I just wasn't good enough for them. Okay, did they tell you you weren't? Are you assuming it? What, 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 what's going on there? And then there comes that wonderful, horrible 
cliche, I've just lost hope. What happens, I believe? And you know, I've got I've got a lot of stories I can tell. But I would rather tell you, Jesus, he's alive, he's well. He's on the throne. He's sitting on the right hand of power of the throne of God interceding for you and I. He has given you not only a gift of prosperity, but hope and a future. Just like he told Jeremiah in 29, was it Jeremiah 29, 11. Or as in Hebrews 11, 1. When... Paul's writing to the Hebrews. He said, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The confidence, there it is. There's our proof right there. That conviction and confidence of things not seen. So I'm convicted in myself saying, oh, I'm supposed to be having faith and I'm supposed to be hoping even though I can't see it. I know it's coming. I know it's coming, Pastor Frank. It's coming. It's coming. Not only is it coming, it's here. You just haven't stepped into it yet. But as long as you just keep on moving forward, keep stepping and everywhere you're stepping is kingdom property and you just declare it and decree it, you're going to walk right into it. Because Jesus is already there just holding it. I believe that. I have seen God in his hand at work too many times in my life <laughs> to doubt that. I have hope. In every day of my life, my hope level changes. My faith level changes. Why? Because I'm growing. I'm going from glory to glory to glory, and I'm going from hope to hope to hope, faith to faith, to faith. I'm growing leaps and bounds with the Spirit of God on the inside of me because I pray every day and I pray that you will join me. I pray God help me be more aware of not only your ever-present help in the time of trouble, but that I'm more aware when I see your hand at work or whenever I receive word from you for someone else, or you tell me to go pray with someone, or you may even want me to go ask them, are you doing okay? Or even to give them a hug. You have no idea how much hope that you can help restore just by showing somebody that you care. Just a touch. There's so many people that have gotten down into not only a downward spiral, but you know, if something spiraled, it's coiled. And it reminds me of a snake. I don't like that. I don't like that at all, but I don't like snakes. But when you, when you think of downward spiral, you're going down, 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 and, and, and in a spiral, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller the farther that you fall. Eventually, you're not going to be able to fall much farther. You're just going to hang there. You're just going to be just kind of hanging out in gloom, despair, agony only. And I'm telling you what, it's contagious. It's contagious, and not only is it contagious, but it's infectious. Because you know how whenever you have a sinus infection and they say we need to get you on antibiotic because we're going to make sure that that sinus infection doesn't go a little bit further because we don't want it going down into your lungs. Because once it gets down in your lungs, we're looking at a much more serious thing because then it can become pneumonia. You know, it, it, it could become a lot of different things. And let's catch it and take care of the problem now while it's up here, just like our thinking, our perspective, because we got the antidote, and that's the Holy Ghost. We have the antidote. <laughs> it's Jesus. Let's take care of it while it's still up here before it gets down here. And it starts getting in our, not only our mind, but our will. 
We start having our own will and not his will and, and our emotions. And we start getting hooked on or, or looking at things because we will start getting a focus put on things that are temporary. Things that have no hope in them. I mean, sure, I mean, money's great. You need money to survive and live, you know, uh, a certain certain way as far as paying your bills and make sure your light bill's on, your water's running, and all that good stuff. But I am here to tell you one thing. I'm telling you, <laughs> I've been the lowest of low of low, and I, I'm thanking God for it. And you think, are you crazy? But... <laughs> Here recently, I got sick, then I got sicker, had COVID, then I got pneumonia. Didn't have no sick days. And, you know, Pastor Jamie said, you know, do you, is Kristen working? Is she at Duncan? Is she working? I'm like, yeah. He said, I'll go on an envelope for you. Love that you all poured out on me knowing that I needed, had ministry, friends, just out of the blue, cash at me, $500. I had beautiful, wonderful people like um, Todd Amber, they're not here, and, and Brother Tim and Robin, order me Walmart, groceries. I thank God for the going through that process. Because let me tell you something, I've had some low times. Yeah. But I'm talking, this has been a sustained thing. I thank God that Friday I've got a full payday coming. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> and I worked every one of those days. And I even earned some more PTO days. Hallelujah. But I thank God. And I could stand before you telling you one of my stories. To show you, I didn't lose hope. I didn't even whine around, cry around, whatever. And you know, there's times sometimes that I I get low and I'll I'll text Pastor Frank and Angie. You know, a lot of y'all don't know this, but they're my people. <laughs> That's my brother, my sister right there. And Jennifer Wright texts me. Sometimes I text her. We kind of lean on each other, don't we? But you know what? During that time, I didn't complain. You don't remember getting a text from me, do you? There were good ones. Or God's got this and, you know, he wasn't having to remind me. Because sometimes i got to remind him too. But... I learned something within myself. And you know what? Sometimes I believe, because I don't believe God puts anything bad on us. Mm -mm. He does not. He doesn't do it. He's not the author of it. He's the author and finisher of our faith. Yes, we do. There's times we do it ourselves or circumstances and situations we have no control over and we can't do anything about it. But you know what we can do is we can have hope, we can have faith, we cannot lose our joy and make sure that we don't let nothing, no matter how problematic it can be, don't let it steal your peace. So when I got to a place where I said, you know what? And I was even texting my mom. I'm like, you know what? I'm over it. One thing after another after another. And like I told you, I'm transparent. We're transparent here. We're family. And I pray you can learn something from my experience. I didn't want to pick up my Bible, but I did. I didn't want to listen to a worship song, but I did. I didn't want to pray, but I did. Why? Because I love Him. Why? Because I trust Him. Why? Because I'm not going to stay focused on what I can see. Just like Hebrews 11.1, 1, I'm going to have faith and be assured. And not only be assured, but have that assurance. 
I'm going to possess it. And those things that I'm hoping for, those things that I need, I'm convicting myself to be aware, stay aware, and to walk and operate in the awareness. See, that's one thing. You can be aware and even acknowledge something, but to walk it out one step after another, to actually walk it out and work it. Because you know what? I think that's what Romans means when, whenever um, Paul wrote how, you know, faith without works is dead. You've got to work your faith. Yeah, you're given a measure of mustard seed, but sometimes you've got to work it. Why? Because of your own stinking thinking. Because of your own opinions. Because of your own desires and, and your own thoughts about something. The hope that he's talking about in, in Hebrews 11, one, is a hope that's fully assured. It's not like I'm going to cross my fingers, I'm going to hope it happens. Or it's not going to be like, you know, you're biting your lip, anticipating on that football game. You're, you're watching, okay, the herd. For our herd family. Or the Mountaineers. You're watching the game and, you know, they're getting ready to go for a field goal. And you're, you're not sure about the interception that, that might happen. And, and you're just biting your lip in that last 10 seconds of the game. And you're down by two points. It's not that kind of hope that I hope they win. Honey, let me tell you something. You've already won. You have the victory of Jesus. Now, it may not feel like it right now, and sometimes you've got to remind yourself, just like David had to remind himself sometimes. He had to grab a hold of himself sometimes. He had to shake himself sometimes. And you know the songs, how they say, I won't be shaken? No, I won't be shaken by the things of the enemy or the things of this world, but there's times I need to shake myself in a situation or a mindset and say, whoa, Jennifer, wait a minute. Where's your hope? All right, where's your joy? That's not very peaceful. And I hope you're looking at this the right way. I hope you're listening to Holy Spirit and not yourself. Because, you know, I'll get in trouble if I do that. I've learned that way too many times. I have to shake myself and get myself fully aware in knowing that past situations and all these things that might look hopeless, not maybe not even just for me, but for somebody else, they may be feeling everything's looking hopeless. They, they, don't, they don't understand like former relationships, divorces, uh, past situations and jobs. You know, instead of moving forward in Christ or past addictions or past things that they may have done or places they went that they really shouldn't have gone. <clears throat> or maybe, maybe they're seeking hope, like I said before, in things that are temporary. But what I have to realize is hope that is deferred. Proverbs 13 and 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. What is the heart in the Bible? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. Well, there you go. Bada bing, bada boom. You got your, your, your uh, emotional roller coasters. You've got anxiety. You've got depression. You've got, you've got all these different things making you sick because your hope, you're deferring hope. What does that mean? You're just eh, eh, walking away from it, not using it, not keeping it. You defer something. You push it away. You, you are not linked up with it. It makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, now, in that, in that part, the desire, that means things of God, the heart of God. It's a tree of life. You know, Pastor Jamie, he posted on Facebook yesterday. He said, and I loved it, so I copied it. I'm using it, plagiarism. So he said, oftentimes, people stay in bondage. Because it's easier to stay in the familiar 
than it is to journey into the unfamiliar to experience freedom. What is freedom? To even experience hope. It's, it's like trading. They tr- you, we've got to take our time and make sure we're trading the familiar because if it's familiar, it means it's old. It's got some years on it. It's got some miles on it. And if it's not anything that, that God said, I don't want it. I want what he says. I want what he has. It's, his way is better. We need to learn to trade. Take the time out and kind of sift through and trade that familiar with the unfamiliar, which is what God has. I, I, I trust him and I assure, I assure you right now, he will not ever let you down. He, he is a person. Hope is a person. Hope is Jesus. His name is Jesus. He is the person of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The expectation, remember the Greek word elpis, an expectation of what is guaranteed or promised. You know, for instance, in the Old Testament, we see the hope or the elpis of the Messiah. We see that God has given the guarantee of the Messiah. He's promised the Messiah. But in the New Testament, it's when we receive the Elpis, the hope, Jesus, the Messiah. We receive him and we follow him today. Hallelujah. Because we gotta, we got to stop looking for hope or the type of joy or delight or provision in things that are not Jesus. There's a lot of those things out there. We're going to need to stop looking for hope in things and receive the hope that we already have in Jesus. Our hope lies in the victory of Jesus on the cross and his resurrection. Hope awareness and hope thinking, it will grow, as I said earlier. It will grow as we start to trust God's promises and to act upon them. And then that's when all the other things, you know, when you seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, all these things will be added unto you. That's all the rest. And you know what? It's good news. It's good news. God's love eternal for all mankind, the joy, the peace, the hope. And you know, I think that there's times that some people have gotten so down and so far in that spiral that has dropped, dropped, dropped. They're stuck. I want, I can't speak for y'all, but I pray that you join with me. I want to be a hope carrier. I want to be able to carry the hope and the joy and the peace of the finished work of Jesus. I love this little picture that I made. It's a little kid with some chalk. I used to love doing that when I was young. And I would, I would draw roads. I would draw arrows like go this way. You're a hope carrier. And you know what? You, you'll never lose your hope. You really won't. Jesus said in John 14, 1, he said, Do not let your hearts, your mind, will, and emotions be troubled. Trust in God and trust in me. See, you can't lose hope because Jesus said the hope. He said, he promised, and remember I am with you always. He said that in, in, in Romans 15, 13. He said, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. And, you know, if we're not building each other up with hope and carrying hope and extending hope, lifting them up, you know, what are we doing? It's no wonder that we might be a mess. We need to get ourselves to where we are a hope carrier, to where we can help someone else. But we need to have hope for ourselves and, and understand that Jesus is causing us 
He's calling us to rise up and become fully alive in him in order that we can give life and we can bring hope. Because that's the resurrection power that's inside of you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is that power. And I think that a lot of times we forget a few things. I'm going to make some declarations. And I want you to do that with me if you guys would go ahead and come. Romans 8, 15 and 16 says, I was an orphan. But now I'm adopted. Being adopted is even better than being born into because, see, you can, you can actually uh, divorce your parents these days. But now if you, if, you, if you adopt somebody, what's it called, emancipation, I think? But if you adopt someone, you can't ever retract it. It's forever. You can't, you can't end it. You can't give them back. You shouldn't have took them in the first place. But see, when you get burnt to somebody, it's a little different. You didn't know what you was going to get. I guess that's what they're trying to say. I don't know. But, but it's, so, it's so simple to say, I was an orphan. I was that. But now I'm adopted. Will you declare that with me? Would you all stand with me? Let's say that together. The declarations are actually on the screen. I was an orphan, but now I'm adopted. Romans 6, 16 and 18 says, I was a slave, but now I'm set free. Hallelujah. And then Ephesians 2, 1 and 4 and 5 all together pretty much says this. I was dead, but now I'm alive. Because you know what? There is hope. There's hope in our perspective. There's hope in our outlook. You know, we need to renew our mind daily. Many times, you know, the word heart, when it says your mind, will, and emotions, you know, we allow the spirit of our own mind, will, and emotions to overtake what Holy Spirit is breathing into us and giving us His wisdom, giving us His knowledge. And you know, many times we've got to preach to ourselves like David did. Not just grab a hold of ourselves, but really preach to ourselves. Just like he did in Psalm 42.5 when he said, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. He was telling himself, Hope in God. He was getting him by himself back to basics when he told himself, Hope in in God, he knew where his hope lied. He knew where his faith was, but he was he was kind of kind of going through a rough spot, and he was kind of wishy washy, and he was getting weak in himself. So so he had to remind himself. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves or preach to ourselves and say, "Hope in God. Stop doubting this in God in this situation. Stop doubting that God's going to come through. He's already done it. Stop doubting that you cannot do this or you're not good enough because you know what? You are good enough. You're fearfully and you're wonderfully made." And then he said, "For I shall again praise him." My help and my God. So see, there are times even David stopped praising. He didn't feel like it. He, he was down and distraught. He lost hope, he thought. But I'm thankful right now that we're children of the New Testament. I'm so glad that we are children of the grace dispensation. I'm so glad that the grace and mercy of God has been given to us as a gift to where we can know where our help comes from. It doesn't come naturally as it should. Sometimes we got to preach it. Sometimes we got to remind ourselves. And I want to end with this, this little song lyric. It's a song called My Savior. It's by Sarah Reeves. And these lyrics really grabbed me. I heard it on New Life, 94.5, I think. Yeah, 94.5. These lyrics grabbed me. said, my Jesus, my Father, the one who is stronger 
than the storm. My hero, my only hope, you are my Savior. You know, I don't deny reality. I don't deny that there are troubling times. I don't deny any of that. But I also do know that there is a rest that we can have in Jesus. We can he- actually heed His voice and He will help us through the storm. He will guide us like a GPS or He will guide us like a lighthouse on the hillside. And then there's times once we get to the hillside, then we can have His light shining through us to where we're a light for somebody else. Because there's some people in this world that they're looking to you for hope. But you know, I'm, I'm saying back to basics, back to square one. We're not going to talk too much right now at this moment about other people. we we got to get back to basics ourselves. What around you and who around you might need hope today or needs to know that God has a plan for their life or needs to know that there's hope in, in, in things for them today. There, that's real. I understand. But until we have that experience with God, until we get where we have that hope of the eternal one on the inside of us, how can you share or give someone that you do not possess, that you don't have in your hand? Now, it's there, but your awareness needs to be there with it. You have hope, but just to be aware you have it is another thing. So my question is, have you lost your hope? Do you have a situation that you're going through that you cannot see the end of it? You can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. You feel like you are hanging down at the very tip of that downward spiral and you're stuck. You don't know which way to turn. You, it, not only in your mind and will and emotions, but now your actions and responses to other people have been affected. Come and pray. Come let me pray with you. Come, come and get your joy back. Come and declare and, and receive and decree... I'm not going to let that take my joy no more. I'm not going to let that take my peace anymore. I'm not going to let that situation bring me down anymore to the point that I just don't even want to live. There's a lot of people I'm talking to that have lost their will to live because of other people or circumstances. I'm here to tell you that is not the way to go. Jesus came that you may have life and have it more abundant. And that you, yourself, can receive that hope. You can do it today. You can receive it today. And sometimes we just got to stir it back up. Those of us that's been in this thing for a while, sometimes it gets, it gets heavy. It gets hard. And sometimes we need revive. We need revival. Who needs their hope revived? Come pray with me. Pastor Frank.